Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 86 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgenbaum. Uh, before we get started, want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, uh, and that is the Carl Auto Group. Damon, I was wondering if you've ever played a NASCAR game, PlayStation, PS2, the new ones, and drove backwards and smashed into everybody? Yes, we did that all the time as kids. Fun as hell, right? Absolutely. The best the best waste of time you could ever have. What if a maniac did that down the street coming at you and dented your car? Well, it'd be more than a dent, but I'd be scared as hell. Okay. Well, the Carl Auto Group can get you a new one at the very least, and I'm sure the insurance will help you uh, pay for that car. I don't know if it works like that dealership to dealership. I'm actually not uh, too much of an adult adult to know that right now. But (laughs) if that ever happened to you, trust me, the Carl Auto Group has your back. They get you set up a new car, a used car, a clean car, cleaner than the stands at a Pennsylvania dirt track. That's for damn sure. And they'll get you right out the door uh, as quickly uh, and safely as possible. I love the adjectives I bring into these. You guys go down to the Carl Auto Group. Uh, let them know that we sent you. Maybe whisper it in their ear. I feel like it's a whisper week this week, Damon. But uh, appreciate them for uh, supporting us and everything we do uh, on this podcast. So you ready to rock and roll, get into it? Let's do it. All right. Um, Race XR today. This is kind of what I wanted to lead with because it, it, it's really gone – through a couple of different circles, uh, just in terms of how, how positive everyone was when race XR said, we're going to bring North Wilkes row back. Right. And that was kind of a gradual lead up. It was kind of seen coming and this one kind of snuck up on people a little bit, but, uh, XR and, uh, the racetrack revival, uh, was not just a project 
for North Wilkesboro, they're now going to revive Pinsboro Speedway. Mm -hmm. um, and that has brought uh, plenty of positive comments. Uh, I would say it's a historic dirt track uh, down in West Virginia. Um, and I wanted to read uh, this tweet from Johnny Gibson, if I can find it. Doing a bad job of finding my stuff here. Should have came prepared. Preparation becomes key. Yeah, and it might have been a uh, post, but someone was talking to me about it. Any, um, Johnny Gibson, uh, World of Allies announcer, uh, I believe uh, Justin Fiedler mentioned it on Dirt Tracker too. He said uh, he said something along the lines of um, in the three races he had attended at Pennsboro that the facility was the worst one he'd ever been to by far. Oh. Yeah, so um, that would explain a lot as to why it's going to be 2024 and not 2023, and they're already announcing it. It seems like a big project, but... I mean, North Wilkesboro is a big project and, and they've turned that already uh, into a little bit of a thing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's cool to see these like unused tracks like revived. Um, I don't know, what are your kind of thoughts on it? I know there's, you know, there's limited inventory of tracks that already kind of exist, but don't have the things necessary to host races, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that what RaceXR and their company is doing going to get these other tracks, reviving these other these old old tracks, um, you know, and and turning them into uh turning them into places where people want to go i mean for crying out loud we're, we're running an all-star race at north wilkesboro less than 12 months after they reopened the place so um it, it's going to be really cool to to see what they continue to do going to another place another facility um you know it, it's it's going back to our roots in, in racing, in my opinion. And, and that's where I think we've kind of gotten away from on all forms of motorsports is, is we've kind of gotten to this corporate America following the money, all this kind of stuff, which naturally you have to with the sport, but on the same token, we've gotten away from what made racing great when we first started and, and that's the short tracks across america these these little dirt tracks across america and and we're going back to places like that you remind me a lot of chris when you say that <laughs> i was talking to you about uh why chris loved uh i-80 speedway and this the comments i'm about to make don't apply to i-80 speedway or, or any singular racetrack in particular they some of them apply to one of the biggest dirt tracks in the nation in eldora but um I understand the grassroots thing. I, I really do. I think it's, you know, inherently important to, Hey, Hobstadt is this random town in Indiana. If you're not a racing fan and uh, it's, it's got that dirt track there and it's known as Hobstadt and it's, you know, that's, it's kind of rare. You have the track known as like the city name, but like that city's famous for that racetrack. Um, somewhat like Knoxville, even though Knoxville's really grandiose or whatever that word is. Right. Uh, then you have events like Bristol, which big event feel to it. I think you need stuff like that um, to, you know, be unique, set yourself apart from other people. But when you talk about like grassroots tracks, facilities, uh, 
everything above that line, you know, you still want like things to work. Um, when we went to Terre Haute, my dad uh, went to the bathroom and he goes, I can't believe I just walked into that bathroom. And I said, what do you mean? And you walk in, there's just a trough. You're pissing in a circle looking at people across from you. That's cool, in my opinion. Not like I, I, the, the facilities themselves. I don't. I don't care too much about that. Uh, I don't care too much for it either. Right. You know, you you want uh, you want to get away from. Hey, it's it's so like run down, but like the racing's really good. I because I hate like hearing that. It's like, man, what if we had like this small little track and it, it's small in size, but it's super nice. Why can't we get that? What is what is wrong with that? You know, you you don't want to hold people to standards like that, but like hold them to a reasonable one. Right. And I know I mean, Terre guess... Haute was going in, wasn't is still going through like upgrades. So that's not a shot to them either. But like working Wi-Fi at Eldora, stuff like that, you know. I guess my my biggest thing is I think about like Saturday nights, and I, I'm sure that's where Chris comes from too, is Saturday nights in Corning at Adams County Speedway and everybody's going and, and and sitting on the bleachers. You know, I'm thinking about Friday nights at the Iowa State Fair at the Iowa State Fairgrounds at, at their racetrack. Um, it, it was always a cool thing. Webster City on Friday nights, Saturday nights, going to, to those tracks. The, the facilities themselves to someone that is – is born on the grassroots side, you know, the facilities, I, I don't really, I guess, care or yeah, pay there's less, there's less attention. attention. Yeah. yeah. I don't really care about it because I'm there for the product that's being put out on, on the, on the tracks themselves, even, you know, going to Eddieville for all the years that we did their, their facilities aren't necessarily top notch by any mean, but I do enjoy going because the racing is is excellent and the the people are excellent. And, and I, think that's what, I think that's what makes that's what makes our sports so unique itself is because of of the different venues and the different facilities. And but on the same token, you know, I, I look at it as it's kind of a um it's kind of a back burner type thing for me, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, as a kid that grew up at the nicest facilities in the world, like Talladega, Super Speedway, grew up going to there, Kansas, Iowa Speedway, uh, Wells Fargo Arena to watch Monster Jam. Um, I just wanted to throw that. I wanted to figure out how to mention Monster Jam. And this was my grand plan to do it. Uh, like, I, you know, I've, I've been to nice places. I've been to not nice places. And I... I'm in the infield, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, in the cushy spots, uh, of the racetrack anyways. So I, I never really looked at the facilities. Like I cared deeply about this, but I know some people, uh, kind of do the casual fans that, you know, aren't accustomed to going to a dirt track every Saturday. Definitely do. So, you know, it's everything. But, always gains let me, let me ask you this. Are those casual fans that aren't, going to a dirt track every Saturday. Are they going to be the ones that go to a place like Webster city just on a, on a, out of a whim on a Saturday night, just to go watch uh, racing. Do they really care at that point? What facilities are like, or are they going to go to a place 
like a Knoxville instead or a, or an Iowa speedway instead and go, go watch races there as a casual fan. To me, as a casual fan, you're not going to go seek out some local track in, in Brit, Iowa. Well, it, I mean, it's circumstantial, right? If the national tour is going to come there, if there's going to be a big race there, if it's their Super Bowl and you live 20 minutes from it and your friend's going and you want to go, like, if you get there and you're pissing and facing everybody, it depends on how you like the piss. I, you know, I feel like it's a position of power for me. Yeah, well, see, I, I'd, I'd rather not be able to look at some guy eye, eye to eye while I'm doing it, but... I mean, I guess it comes back to nostalgia, right? We'll have to try it sometime. Like, oh, absolutely on. not. Not going to happen. Won't try All it. between us. I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm not saying we stand listen, and do it in a bucket. I'm, listen, I'm, man, I, I have no problems standing next to a man at a fence and, and doing the business. Hey, you, say, you say you don't care about the facilities. I just want to test your theory and see if you're in it for the team. Well, if peeing into the bucket's last resort, I'll hold it. <laughs> I was thinking there'd be a wall and like two urinals back to back, but you you took it straight into no, Connor. I will not. No, <laughs> we're not going to go to a room together and just do that. So it sounds yeah, like an I, experiment that fails. I wouldn't want. Yeah, that's fair, Damon. I I agree, but you can't slant me like that. You knew what I said. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, Devin Moran, uh, some more late model news technically, I guess, because we kind of assume XR would bring the super series to Pennsboro if that ends up going through all the way through to fruition, everything. Um, Devin Moran is going to double down motorsports next season. That was Hudson O'Neill's car this year, uh, Longhorn chassis, obviously with that one. Um, I don't know the car number they didn't mention in the release. I would probably assume because the team is moving to Moran's family shop in Ohio, I believe. So I, I would think that the nine is still going to be the number, but I uh, don't know yet. I guess we'll know when it hits the track in January. I thought maybe I misread it, but I thought it was going to go back to like his, uh, his dad's number of the 99. Maybe that'd be cool too. I thought it was interesting. So he's not going to go. And I don't know. I don't think he's a normal wild west shootout guy, but I don't think he's going to go down there. They said they're, they're starting out in Georgia and Florida. Interesting. Wild west shootout again, uh, paying 25 grand for four wins, hundred grand. If you can take five and 300, if you can take all six uh, and sweep the week down there. So That'll be interesting to look for. They, they are racing that during the Chili Bowl. Uh, if Kyle Larson uh, hasn't changed his plans or anyone said anything to him, uh, then I would assume to see Kyle Larson down there uh, as well. So that'll be really interesting to kick off the next late model season uh, as we've pretty much just gotten out of this one almost. Um, we might be down at uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals too. I'm thinking about heading down there this year. It sounds like there's a lot of super late models going uh chili bull nationals today came out they're uh changing their tire rule uh hoosier said we're only making one singular two uh, i forget exactly what the wording was they're only making this set of midget tires here's the list and and here's what we're making and that's it and that's what you need to run chili bull and i know alex bowman said that uh he tweeted that gift from Tiger King that said, I'm never going to financially recover from this. 
it sounds like a lot of teams um, are kind of ticked because there's a lot of unused tires now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all I want to say is you have to end the tire shortage somehow in, in some way. Uh, do I wish they gave more of a notice than three months? Yeah, but also it's a quarter of a year, you know. But is ending the tire shortage going to happen because now they're mandating new tires and everybody's going to have to go buy those tires? It might take a little bit to figure itself out and shake itself out, but at least we're on a path to doing so. This yeah. is better than it was, especially, you know, that late model rule, same same type of thing. Uh, it's helped Kurt Schroeder because he's flipping new tires on almost every night because he has so many to use, and he's running some of the best laps he's ran in his life. Ran pretty well with the World of Allies late models. That's because he's got to use them up, get them out of the shop. That's what I'm saying, though, but that that's helped him. Yeah, but after this, after that happens, they don't have them anymore. Yeah, I don't think he's going to completely disintegrate, you know, but in a small sample size here, you know, it it has not been completely negative. But look, the tire shortage has been going on since COVID, and this is like the first step anyone's really taken to softening that blow. Uh, the World of Allies in, in late model series, I think they had some specific tire rules that they did, but it, it really didn't do anything to change much uh, in the long run, in my opinion. So at least now, you know, you're seeing different series in different places go to these stuff. And honestly, all it can do is equalize, um, equalize the driver more or the cars more. I don't know why I'm trying to phrase it so poorly. Like I sound stupid. Um, we call dirt like the last great equalizer, right? Like this mm-hmm. would only theoretically get the cars closer to each other. Right. I think everybody wants that in every racing series you'll ever watch. So I wasn't shocked by it and I wasn't uh, taken so far back. I feel for the teams that are hurting for money and uh, obviously it costs a lot of money and, and doesn't pay a lot to go down to Tulsa. So hopefully that, uh, doesn't impact the number of cars down there, but I, it might. You got anything else for that one? No, I, I don't. I mean, it's kind of beating a dead horse at that. We already know that they do a poor job of paying to, to go to Tulsa. So yeah. uh, did want to add in, I did read in through Devin Moran's press release and it says he will most likely return to his roots and pilot a 99 M entry. Hmm, okay. So looks like right. he's gonna looks like he's gonna go back to to the old old days and go to a ninety nine M. That's not bad at all. That'll be fun to see next year. I'm I'm gonna yeah. be, gonna be waiting for the uh, release of that paint scheme. Yeah, it'll be good. He likes doing throwbacks, so I'm sure it'll be something new and everything. All right. Um, I was looking at what we have this week, and I'm I'm just so excited for World Finals in that type of like points battle going into that 16 points between David Gravel and Brad Sweet. But as you all know, the World of Outlaws are off this week. 
Um, and I was looking at stuff we could write for this week and I wanted to get with Damon and I figure we'll just give the podcast people a sneak peek here. This will come out next week and I haven't even asked Damon. We're doing like a and a thing, um, like me asking Damon as a motorsports reporter uh, about the NHRA and the season they've had. Uh, Damon, do you want to expound on on the first question? I'll probably speed run a couple of the ones I'm going to ask. I'm not going to completely go through the script of what I'm asking Damon for the story, but uh, just about I asked uh, I asked Damon what this season has meant for the NHRA. They've had a few sellouts in the stands. They've had monstrous TV numbers. It didn't start out like that, but he said this is probably the most action packed like away from track season they've had since the nineties. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since we've really seen the marketing push from Fox or any of the television companies for that matter, ESPN or Fox. Um, so seeing the off track marketing there, um, seeing, you know, you can go into, into these stores, into any of the motorsports stores and, and that are around like a Napa or, um, an O'Reilly's and AutoZone, those type of places. You're going to see, you know, Ron Caps's face. You're going to see John Force's face. You're going to see, you know, some, some big names and now Toyota jumping in as well. Tony Shoe. Uh, Tony Stewart jumping in into the sport. And so you're starting to draw interest based because of bigger brands and you're starting to see the marketing side really become um, a bigger thing again, like it used to be back in the nineties, you know, in the nineties, they, you know, we had GM performance as a main sponsor. And then you had Motocraft as a main sponsor and you had, you know, Castrol with John force and you had the U S army with Tony Schumacher for the longest time in the early two uh, thousands. And so this is really the, the first time since the nineties that we've seen the marketing kind of take place. And I think a lot of the reason we're starting to see more and more sellouts here at the end of the year, um, it comes down to, to the video game. I think, you know, it, it has a lot to play into it. A lot of new faces uh, are getting exposure to drag racing are getting exposure to understanding, okay, this is what it actually is instead of just turning it on TV and being like, well, these are cars just, going very fast in a straight line they they can play it they can feel it they can see it uh from their own standards plus you've got more people going to national events now and so you're starting to see um you're starting to see more faces at the at the races that have never been there before and so now they go home and watch the next week because they're like now we understand it and so um i think that's where it comes from man i think it comes a lot from just marketing and and the video game itself but i do i think a lot of it's come from the outside marketing that we just have not had in uh, in recent years what is obviously they've taken that big step and the brands are big um that video game is big i I hope they put more people in it honestly Mm -hmm. uh so the world of outlaws actually today added like kyle strickler ryan unzickers uh real life pain schemes devin moran's in the game now Uh, Devin moran was in the game i had him in mind okay they must have added them on that first update they might have. Yeah, because I had him. I was I comparing it to the first list I had, and I was thinking mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're adding more drivers, which is always good, always cool. 
Um, They're adding more tracks. We just saw that they added Peevely too, right? Peevely's coming like Friday. Yeah. So that'll be fun to play. Um, and I know they're going to add uh, Lucas Oil Raceway uh, in November, I believe. Mm-hmm. November, end of November or December. Don't hold me to it. Uh, but at some point, they're adding that racetrack. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I hope the NHRA does that. I hope uh, either that or this is, you know, a game that they end up either updating or keep putting new ones out, you know, whatever route you want to take. I know some people complain about that kind of stuff, but whether it's NHRA 2 or NHRA update, mega update version 2A, I don't mm-hmm. really care, you know? Yeah, I think that they, I think that's got to be the plan moving forward. I can't tell you for sure that that is, but I would like to think it is just for the simple fact that you've got, you're, you're missing a bunch of tracks. St. Louis isn't on there. Topeka is not on there. Brainerd's not on there. There's a lot of big name tracks that aren't a part of the game that have been in previous games. And so I'm thinking that they're, they're looking at, at that. Um, I think that you're missing a handful of, of drivers, you know, Tony Stewart's two drivers. You would like to see them be in the game, especially considering uh, that Tony himself brings a whole new fan base, right? You know, he's, he's bringing his, not only his dirt fan base that they've built around Tony Stewart racing, but he's bringing his NASCAR fan base. Isn't that um, weird how that, how that goes into it? Like we we're accustomed to video games in, in the olden days when we were growing up uh, and there was never anything missing. And today there's, I assume like partnering agreements and stuff that end up not getting yeah. signed for whatever reason. And, you know, Houston's isn't in the sprint car game. James Madison, James McFadden, and Roth Motorsports. James Madison's not in there either. No, they they are on a two game losing streak in football. It's been hurting me down the court. Um, yeah, and, and Tony Stewart's not in the NHRA game, and not him specifically, but his two his cars. Yeah. yeah, and you know that sticks. That's. Mm-hmm you could have a Tony Stewart fan that got into NHRA because Tony Stewart's owning a team in the series. And this week he's racing top alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we, we actually, we haven't covered that on the podcast yet. Right. I, I'm yeah. I mean, I guess. So it's, it's top fuels expensive yeah. series. Is that. It's basically the feeder series for top fuel. Um, instead of running mainly nitromethane. They generally run 90% nitromethane in the top fuel cars. Uh, these cars, the top alcohol dragsters and top alcohol funny cars uh, run a lesser version of nitro in their engines. Mainly it's all methanol that they run instead of, of nitromethane. Um, and they, with the dragsters, they have a blown or supercharged version um, of their cars. And so Tony's driving like a typical, uh, a fuel car. And it, uh, um, it's pretty cool, man, to see Tony Stewart line up with Rich McPhillips and company and get himself into a uh, top alcohol dragster. It'll be fun to, to watch what he can do. And, um, you know, he tested Leah's top fuel car last year at Las Vegas. So it's always fitting to see him get into competition, but here's the thing. It's no shoe in. I mean, there's, uh, 20 top alcohol dragsters that are going to be out there and they only take 16 into the big show. So he's, uh, he's going to have to drive and and he's going to have to be good and he's going to have to get it from A to B. And, um, if there's anything we know about Tony Stewart, he's a wheel man. When they test, do they have, do they release the ETs? 
Um, they don't release them publicly to te- for testing, but um, what if I was just my journalistic career was just finding those and releasing them? Would be fantastic. Like you spoiling would... Travis Pastrana's best was a six point one. Well, I mean, yes, he was the... getting out of the throttle. I'm, I'm right. I'm not saying yeah. Pastrana sucks. It's a hard sport. Like I can't imagine, you know, being so confident on a test anywhere to go full bore in a car where you're not even racing competition and it's probably right. the most dangerous car to get in a wreck in. Well, and that's, that's why they generally do. So when they do the licensing procedures, like when Tony got his top fuel licensing, they have them, you, you have to start the car and then they shut it off, rebuild it. Then they have you start it and then go through the burnout process. Then they shut it down and rebuild it. And then they have you start it, burnout, go through, you know, to, to basically quarter track, shut it off, rebuild it, half track, rebuild it, full length, rebuild it. And so it, it's a process to, to get it because you got to get so used to those, those G forces that are pressing into your chest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be interested to see how he does. I think, uh, I am too out of 20, you know, I, I believe he can make top 16. Oh, he's getting in a really good car. I mean, Rich McPhillips' team has been a, a national event winner. They they've been uh, top ten in the in the points with other drivers that they've had in the past. Rich is a great guy. They uh, it's a great family. The McPhillips family are really cool people. Um, so I'm excited for Tony, and, and I'm excited to see what Tony will do. You know, and I think that it's just inevitable at this point that he's going to end up starting a second top fuel team at some point for him to get in and have some fun and play with kind of like what uh, Steve Torrance does for his dad, Billy. Awesome. And then I'll get to this. This is partially the meat of the story we're going to put out next week. Um, We'll talk a couple other things and then we'll hop off of here. But uh, it's been a big season for the NHRA. Is there anything they can do uniquely? Basically, event-wise is what I'm asking. You know, we're seeing... NASCAR Euro is going to an ice race. They're having an exhibition like that. I'm not advocating for NHRA on ice. Uh, is there anything the NHRA can do from a unique event standpoint that you haven't seen them done? Um, the four ride nationals are a great example. I just don't know if there's anything else that can be done. Um. I think there is, and I think we're seeing it in Dallas right now. Whenever Dallas hosts their event in October, uh, they call it the Stampede of Speed. And it's like a week-long festival that starts the Sunday before. And and it's a week-long where it's concerts leading up to the racing weekend. Um, There's a whole bunch of things going on during the day. Monday through Thursday. And then when they get to Friday qualifying starts and, um, Friday night qualifying session, they pay like an extra $10,000 to each fastest qualifier. In I that saw session. that. Yeah. I saw that going on. I didn't know. Yeah. It was big. yeah it, it's that nobody else does it. No one else gives off an extra $10,000. And, and, and so they make it a big spectacle, um, and, and have a really big show on Friday night, um, as part of their stampede of speed. So, uh, really, I think more of those type festival events doesn't have to be a week long, but create more of those, those festival type events, I think is the, is the biggest thing. That's not very grassroots of you. Well, I mean, 
it, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. You think about your, your grassroots and that's where those, those local bands get started, right? You said you yeah. see them sitting out front before the race gets started. Yeah. And they end, up, they, do. they end up at Coachella and stuff. And then, you know, the Coachella organizers take it on your favorite NASCAR event next year and everything comes full circle for you. Yeah. See, there you go. Got it. <laughs> Got it all covered. No, I, I think those bigger festival type events, um, it doesn't have to be every, every race, but you know, there, there should be a little more pomp and circumstance at a racetrack like Las Vegas or a little more pomp and circumstance at a racetrack like Indianapolis, which there already is. I mean, you don't have to sell the, the casual fan to Indianapolis because they're already going to go. Cause it's the biggest race of the year. Right. Absolutely. All right. Saturday, 1145 central time. I'll be at the Jack Trice Stadium press box and I'll, I'll have this pulled up on my laptop because it's the single most important NASCAR qualifying session in the past five years. I truly believe that. Uh, Martinsville, what do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Um, who's your favorite to win? And I, I don't even want to pick a favorite. I want to just sit here and pick Chase Elliott, but I don't, I don't know if I can with how William Byron did there. Um, who's, who's your guy? What do you think we're going to see? Uh, it's so hard. I don't know what the weather is going to be like out there yet. You want me to tell you? Yeah, that'd be ideal. It'd kind of make a little bit more of a, of a decision that way. But just knowing what we know about this car on a short track, um, it kind of, I, I mean, it really doesn't matter whether or not it's cold or not. These cars just suck on short tracks, can't pass on a short track. And uh, um, why do you have to be so negative when you analyze the new car? Sorry, it's a bad it's a bad design on a short track. All right, hey, um, sixty one degree high, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday it won't get. I guess it'll be Eastern time, so it'll be fifty five degrees or so, and it, it does not look like it will precipitate either day. So about similar to what they had in May, probably a little bit warmer. I mean. And yeah, it's May wasn't still, like 34 degrees. Yeah, April? it was. Yeah, it was cold in April. Yeah, um, I I don't think I don't think we're gonna see tire fall off anyway. Regardless, um, I don't think we're going might to see tires see, fall off, but no tires right, fall off. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not gonna see. Um, we're not gonna see passing very much under green flag conditions without quite literally people being physically moved out of the way. Um, and, and that might not even happen because one thing that they noticed with this car, because they're shifting, it's creating an air bubble between them. So when, once they get close enough, they can't get any closer than that to that point. And so it's creating a bubble uh, where they are not able to get to the back bumper of a car next in front of them or, or behind them regardless. And so um I think you're you're not going to see a lot of passing under green flag conditions. I think pit road is going to be probably more crucial than it ever has been. Uh, you, your pit crew is going to have to win you the race uh, in a in a late race situation. You know there's going to be a late race caution because there always is at Martinsville, um, especially in the playoff race. There there's always one that just falls in that last thirty laps that kind of throws the whole thing for a loop, and so. Um, what strategies do, do some of those guys play, you know, what's, what strategy does, uh, Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe kind of play at the end of a race there, you know, 
that's going to have to force the hand of a, of a Chase Elliott. That's going to have to force a hand of a Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, who are right on the edge of the cut line, because, you know, if, if Briscoe and Bell stay out and those guys all pit, well, now that just shuffles around the whole, the whole playoff grid. And there's a chance that Bell wins the race because he's got track positions. So it's kind of a catch 20 uh, to answer your question on who I think the favorite is. I think it's hard to, to pass up William Byron going into that place. Um, I think it's hard to, to pass him up. He's not in a must win situation, but it's a must win situation before going into the championship. And so um, I, I think that if there is a guy to, to come through on the playoff side of things, it'll be Will, William Byron, in my opinion. Yeah, and I like how you phrase that, and I'll ask you a question in a second here. Because um, in the catch-20 part, like it, this very well could be a guy not in the playoffs winning it because he has track position. If you got nothing to lose, you're not in the playoffs. Why? Why in the world would you pit instead of trying to win the dang race, right? Right. I, I think we we see that more with this race and in this car and in what we think is going to happen this week and now. It's NASCAR, things change on a dime. Uh, we've been dogging on this race. Uh, we aren't the only ones. Um, it, it could not stink. We'll see. Uh, there's, they've put the necessary like backstory things in, like with the playoffs and stuff and having it be the last elimination race that, you know, here's every chance you have to not suck. Uh, we'll see what happens, but in my opinion, this will be the ultimate test, at least to the playoff teams, of who is the best crew chief in the garage. Yeah, and I don't think you were talking about the the qualifying session itself. I don't think the qualifying order per se is going to be important, but I think it's going to be pit road selection. That's what's going to be important in this. Yeah, and they do that by qualifying speed, right? Yes. Yeah, so... I don't know how to judge. Can you can you send me a detailed graphic of your power rankings for which spots the best? I mean, you know at, that well? at, at Martinsville, I think the the number one stall is the best best stall. But once you get to two, it's like that one's not like the second best. You don't think, right? No, because yeah, you're behind. That's what I, well, that's what I want. I want a power ranking. <laughs> one one. I have to go two, back and watch like. You'd have to go watch like the last 20 races that's been ran there and how, how they come off pit road. You act like you have a college sports team to coach or something. Exactly. Exactly. I got all this free time, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask Pockers too. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might actually have the answer already for you. Um, but, yeah, so it, that's going to be interesting. You know, can Alan Gustafson live up to his name? Is Byron's Fugel? Yeah, Rudy Fugel. Yeah, like I would think Rudy Fugel is going to be good again. Like that's yeah. why William Byron won the first one. So, sorry, I'm brain farting all day today. So I didn't know that off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think that we're, and I'm, I'm going to end up dogging on a crew chief. I just know it. Just from how that race went the first time. Cause we were just sitting there at like the end of the second stage. We're like, why are you pitting? Right. For someone. I can't even remember. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be who gets the best gas mileage all day. I mean, I don't expect tires to fall off. Obviously, you're going to have to change them. This isn't like Lightning McQueen deciding to go without tires the whole race. But um, you're going to have to have fuel. Going to have to have tires at some point, and so it's it's 
when do you do it and how strategically do you do it? Absolutely. That, and it's not for the uh, casual fan, but those races can be fun. So if it turns into something like that, I'm not going to whine about it. Um, the race itself still going to suck if it does, but if it's a strategic battle like that and it looks like a zero zero baseball game that goes for 18 innings, like I'll like it. I mean, if, if there's no on track passing though, you think that that's better than a, no, I know don't, don't okay. misconstrue me. I'm just saying I, I will trying find, to, I'll find a silver lining. If there's some, it strategy. can still be a zero zero baseball game and each team have five errors. It's difficult to make it zero zero with five. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's very difficult, but it's, it's capable. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, all we got this week, slower week, next week's world finals can be fun. Uh, Mike gets, might get a special guest on the show. I'm working on something and a couple big stories coming out next week from us too. Not breaking news esque, uh, but a couple I've been working on that I really think you're going to enjoy. So hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we'll be back Sunday night, hopefully after Martinsville, uh, break that down figure out what we just watched. Um, we're going to have a weekend. So appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, shout out to Carl Auto Group for sponsoring and uh, enjoy it. Um, go out and enjoy the weather. I think it's supposed to be another nice weekend. So have a good one, y'all.